This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, welcome to Of Mice and Men and Monsters, a podcast where Dungeons and Dragons collides with the classic stories you either love or completely avoided while in school. I'm Caitlin, a high school English teacher during the week, but here I will be your dungeon master. Now, if you've never played D&D before, don't worry because neither has one of our players, who you'll meet in just a minute, so there will be plenty of opportunities to learn the mechanics of the game. Basically, we are all telling a collective story together, and whenever one of the characters wants to do something, they roll a dice, and that number determines whether their action is successful or not. I'll be your Virgil, guiding you through everything, so you'll pick it up quickly. Think of this podcast like fanfiction, where Dungeons and Dragons elements are dropped into famous pieces of literature. You never know where we're going to be from episode to episode. We may be battling with Dracula in one episode, and in the next, we may be throwing a tea party with Alice and the Mad Hatter. And if you haven't read a particular book, again, don't worry about it. All these adventures will still be full of excitement, danger, romance, and, if we do our job right, humor. But hey, if after listening to these adventures you want to go and read a classic piece of literature for yourself, well then I will have done my job, both as a DM and as an English teacher. Now let's introduce our players who will then tell us a little bit about their characters. Let's start it off with just a simple question. I would love to find out more about your characters. Uh, let's start with Aaron. Uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your character. Yeah, sure. Um, my character's name is is Awen Avalon, and I'm a high elf druid. Ooh. And specifically, I'm going to be a druid of the land, which for all of you uninitiated is just one of the kind of like subsets of druids. So that'll be a little bit about my character. Um, I'm, I'm going to be wearing some druid garb, uh, nice green, forest green. Uh, I have a nice big staff and some pointy ears. You got to have pointy ears. What? A blue you know. skin? 
Yeah, yeah. Pointy ears and my skin is a tinted blue. Um, I'm, I'm actually considered a silver elf. I don't know if that is much of a big deal or not, or a moon elf, depending on who you talk to. Um, is that a druid thing, the blue skin? or All I know is Kira Knightley was blue in the King Arthur movie, and I thought it was a druid thing. <laughs> no, I think it's just an it's elf. my one like, reference. I'm a, I'm a specific, like subsect of elf i guess cool i'm here for all the great questions seriously ask him away ask away kimmy (laughs) yeah is there anything like what's like what's something that maybe stands out to you about the kind of like sect of elf you are or the kind of druid that you are that kind of makes you different from other druids or other kinds of elves well you see my blue-skinned druid or my blue-skinned elf uh race gives me the ability to do more magic and so I get an extra cantrip. Uh, but besides that, like some some actually cool stuff is um, I'm more of an urban druid. Uh, so I was kind of. That's um, not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm it's just so cool. Funny. Funny. Okay. Uh, I, I was kind of trained up in the forest as all druids are, I guess. Um, but I really am kind of back to the streets. Step in. Step up to the streets, you know, as a druid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was this Stop was a homebrew you were looking at, right? <laughs> yeah, so there's there's an interesting there's some interesting homebrewery that's kind of in there. There's something called the Circle of the Hedge, um, which I might pull a little bit from if um, Kate is okay with that. I am totally um, okay with that. I am all about that homebrew, so let's do it. So that it allows me to pick some different stuff at a different. I think at level three, I can. Uh, change up some of those spells to be more urban instead of hey we're next to a tree let me talk to the tree really quick something like that all right i'm so sorry i need to go back for a sec you guys have explained homebrew to me like twice and i keep forgetting (laughs) can you define homebrew for me and hopefully the other people who don't know what that means other than maybe a nice beer of course a nice beer and that's going to be involved in somewhere other uh but the most basic way i can put it is that with Dungeons and Dragons, and we're playing 5e, um, there is a set of rules, there are specific standards that are put into play, um, and so what you can do with homebrew is put your own twist on it, kind of create your own class, or create your own race, or put a twist on um, just pre-existing standards, um, and then really homebrews can be just like slight twist to it, it's like, um, you know... I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have my druid. Even though it says like I can only typically go through these specific types of animals for wild shape, I'm gonna add a badger and uh, a honeybee to it as well. Um, so you can do something you know like small like that. Oh, you know you're gonna be a honeybee, the oh flat of the God, bumblebee. Yes. <laughs> or you can go as big as like I created this brand new type of character and I want to test mm-hmm. it out here, never before seen. Um, so I'm, I'm all for like creativity and, and trying that out and bending the rules a bit, uh, you know, within reason, I don't want to break the game where it's not even fun right. anymore, but, uh, so yeah. So homebrew, homebrew gives a little bit of originality to the players and lets them make the rules themselves as well. Yeah. It helps you kind of like Perfect. make it, make it our own kind of, you can add your own kind of flavor and something mm-hmm. special to it. Like Caitlin said, within reason, like you don't want to break the game and make us like some like. I have this invisibility cloak or something like that, where it's like that, that actually might exist in the game for all I know. There's it so does. many items. There, there is. Oh, that does exist. Oh, <laughs> okay. Does. I should have known. I should have known. A very um, rare item. But indeed. So, okay. Well then certain things where it's like, that's not even, I can't even kill you or there's no threat to, to hurting you because you have this super powerful, ridiculous item. 
overpowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, like the, the original game was really, I mean, because there was no internet or anything like that in the, in the 70s, it was we wrote down all these rules and then we kind of handed them out to our friends mm-hmm. and they it grew from there. And so people would have their home games and they're like, oh, this isn't part of the original. It's kind of like uh, when you play beer pong. It's exactly. like house rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Or yeah. how many iterations of King's Cup there is. My goodness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. It's a lot like, which reminds me of you calling yourself like uh, Order the Hedge or what'd you say with, with Hedge? Yeah, Circle of the Hedge, I think. Circle of the Hedge. Funny. It just reminds yeah, me of like the idea mean? of hedge witches, you know, like people who live on the edge oh, yeah. and, and kind of don't exactly follow any like formal training and figured it out themselves. That's uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm liking with that hedge. idea of homebred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm totally hoping like since you're you're kind of like that circle of the hedge that even if we're in, say, like a city and uh, it's like paved sidewalks, but there's some, you know, grass or like dandelions or that that type of uh, I forget the name of it. It's a weed, you know, the type where you blow and you make a wish. What is that called? Oh, yeah, the dandelion. It's a dandelion. Oh, it is, it yeah. is a dandelion. Okay. You, I just think of it as only time. yellow. You got it, girl. All right. Anyways, kind of like that. And talk to that. Talk to the dandelion. Talk to the weeds, man. In so. an urban way. Mm-hmm. Um, urban way. Tell me more about Awen, like the way you kind of described a little bit about how he looks or maybe even like his personality kind of style, like whatever you want to share about him, just a little bit more to get to know who he is as a character. Oh, yeah. Um, so Awen, I guess is this confident trained druid who's on the precipice of becoming a fully actualized druid. Um, And so both elves and druids have this kind of initiation um, to come into both adulthood and their like kind of full druidhood for lack of a better term. And that is that they have to go out and do something. Um, And so um, I, I guess Awen has been in the woods for a while, hanging out with nature and it's now time for him to go out and have an adventure to go out and find um, some stuff that we'll, I guess we'll get into in the game. I can talk about it a little bit now, but um, yeah. And as a Druid um, I'm, or excuse me, as a, as an elf, I'm like about a hundred years old. So that's like right at the end of adolescence and into adulthood from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really kind of on the edge of a few different things, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think we'll leave it at that because I do want to have a bit of mystery as to his motivations and get into that, like naturally peel that away. So we'll stop that. Although I got to ask, you said Druid garb. Uh, What does Druid garb look like? Do you have like any idea what that's going to be? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like robes, like Druid robes um, that are like dark, dark forest green, almost like a brown, um, long flowing arms, uh, strangely individual legs uh on his on his garbs but you know how does how does that work it's druid magic that's all we so know. like a jumper is he like looking fabulous in a jumper he he, he might be in a jumper rocking a you romper know? we we don't know we don't know it's druid Kate magic took that apart ask. real fast <laughs> yep <laughs> makes me think it's like a god just the the perfect thing to wear to a wedding until you have to go to the bathroom you're like well now i have to uh take everything off in order just to pee i wear diapers (laughs) this is the whole point (laughs) all right good question good time when you're sitting like half naked in the bathroom being like why did i wear this today every time (laughs) no just me cool oh no no not just you every day just you every Every woman every woman who wears a jumper in these current times (laughs) you know they (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. 
next, I'd love to hear from Kimmy. Tell us a little bit about your character. Introduce her to us. Okay, this is there's layers, and I don't know how far back. So I'm gonna start, and you tell layers. me to stop healing when you're done. Okay. Um. So my character is a young woman. Uh, she is probably like 17 to 19. I should actually choose an age. I don't have to be like 17 to 19. But you know what? Actually, she doesn't even know her age. So she is about 17 to 19. Whoa. She is um her name oh man i'm gonna laugh myself i'm so new to this making up this character i'm like is this how you do this her name is penelope laroche vanderhoot oh Um, nailed it very silly name very silly name it is potentially a reference to 30 rock but we'll leave it at that um okay but she basically (laughs) comes she's upper middle class merchant family but we find out very quickly that that is what she's trying to portray about herself, but she's actually um, comes from a, she's a rogue. She comes from a rough orphan kind of, you told me the term for this and I can't remember. What is it? A street, urchin? A street rat. She's an urchin. urchin. She street was an urchin. Rat. Yes. We'll go with raised, street rat. Raised amongst a lot of um, artful dodger type children being trained to pickpocket and steal and work their ways into um, uh, different situations where they can con and steal things. So that was her past, and she's trying to get away from that past. Um, so she has taken on the persona of Penelope uh, LaRoche Vanderhoot. I wanted a fancy schmancy name. So what is she going to look it. like when we first meet her? Um, she is mid-size, maybe like five six. She's like five six. She is kind of blonde, very sprightly, very like young, sweet, innocent, um, very like Human? excited and engaged. This is this is much more um her her tone, much more of her like what she put her energy she puts off less than actual descriptors. But she is young, she is blonde, she's sprightly and excited to be there. Um and not too she's like a smallish person, even though she's about five six. Like Gene Seberg and like her first Godard film. Like young Gene Seberg, like that kind of innocence and freshness. No, oh, is that too much? Right All over right, my head. man, I'm a uh, film right. I'm really killing it with my references. Yeah, I'm surprised. No, don't cool on your references. <laughs> Keep throwing them at us, and let's <laughs> yeah, see which yeah, I one love stick. It. We'll just see what sticks. I like that the Kira Knightley King Arthur one kind of landed, but this one did not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the level we're at. We're like, okay, we can. We I can do that that's the level yeah. I'm normally at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Gibby. Um, Adam, tell us about your character. So I will be playing the role of Bertram. He is a warforged sorcerer. And Whoa. basically what, a, so for people who don't know also, a warforged is basically a robot. So that's why Bertram, Bertram's actually uh, an anagram that stands for bioengineered robot tailored to respectfully assist the master. So yeah, Whoa. basically I made a robot butler he grew up as a robe butler. He so so the idea with well with, with Warforged, it's kind of baked into the name. The idea is that they were mainly most of them are made for like war and battles to fight. Um, but there's a that small sect of Warforged that are they're called envoys, and basically they were made with a specific purpose or a specific like trait or um, a, tr- a trade. So mine was made, so it's an envoy, so he was made to be a servant. So that's why he's not the stereotypical warforged, hulking, you know, fighter. Yes. My guy is 
is seven feet tall and like a bean pole. He's like he's wow. like super super lanky, and he's like made of like black steel. So he's he's always looks very proper and like his the way he was crafted, his chest plate looks like like lapels of a coat, and it looks like a, yeah, it looks like a tuxedo. And he's very lanky. He might have some like kind of puffy white sleeves. And my oh, yeah. and my favorite part is that he has this um, big collar behind his head that ba- that that's covered, adorned with like different flowers that grow out of it. So think kind of like Midsummer when she, you know, at the very end when she oh, was yeah. like covered in oh, flowers. Gosh. So kind oh, of like gosh. that, but just like behind his head, this yeah. crap. It's an Elizabethan this, uh, frill. Of- yeah. The, yeah. The collar. Exactly. Why does he have that? So because it's um, cool. Yeah, so I think <laughs> oh. a, a lot of the way that he was, since he was he was made to be a servant, a lot of that, like a lot of that, are like herbs and and spices and things that they, they kind of grow out of there, and so he can like take that and put them into like tea or recipes mm. if he's making something. Uh, so yeah, so the, that that's it. Kind of comes from that where it's it's a way that it was he, he was built to like serve and to help people, and so he served this family. Um, and I won't get too much into them. We can, I can get into that later. But he, so you're like you're like a butler monstar with a neck garden. Yes, that, Mo- that is, monstar. Is that a that Space is... Jam reference? Space Jam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Spot on. Spot on. Well done. Seven feet tall. Yeah, just a very, monster, very butler. tall and this lanky and kind of gangly. Like his his arms almost like reach like to his knees, but he's also very like timid like he's he he was made he was made to um serve a master but his family is all like passed away now that he was to serve so now he's like leaving like the manor for the first time and he's like he was this robot built to serve but now he doesn't have a master to serve anymore so it's his first so when we meet him for the first time he's like out on his own kind of aimless and not knowing what to do he doesn't have a purpose anymore like with envoys, you're built with a purpose, and now that purpose has been taken from him. That's so interesting, though. Like, what a unique tension of like the mm. thing you were made to do, you can no longer do. So, who are you? Right. So, I think that'll be kind of a thing that happens throughout his story of like him figuring out what he's supposed to do and who is he. Kind of. I think he's having like he's like a hundred years old because he's lived, he's been with his family for a long time. And what's your class again? Sorcerer. Sorcerer, okay. And I think that doesn't normally make sense with like Warforged, but that's also a thing with his like background that'll Unlike. come out of like how that was, how that came about. Um, mysteries. So yeah. yeah I'm, mysteries. I'm already seeing already from the little that you guys have shared a lot of possibilities for some fun interplay between the three of you. And there's going to be a lot of, it seems, finesse um, in how you guys are going to have to get through uh, challenges. I don't really see a tank in any three of you right now. Um, we'll see how that maybe progresses. Uh, I a will... tank? Yeah. Oh, oh uh, yeah. right. So right. I don't see anything. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. That's great. My purpose is showing. Kimmy, as soon <laughs> as you want to know, you ask. Oh, uh, Aaron, you want to you explain <laughs> this one? Yeah, yeah. Tank is like if you're um, getting hit by some kind of enemy, um, a tank is the one that runs up and takes all of the damage. And they're like a like a, a character shield for everyone else. So, you know, if your sorcerers are in the back doing magic. Yeah, they're, in the they're front, built really smacked. strong. Yeah, they're built to like withstand punishment. 
Like the Earthbender in Avatar Airbender. That's right. Like, yes. Toph. Toph. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we don't... And usually you see them more in like the closer combat. Um, not necessarily hand-to-hand, but you do technically see people who are more like monks and fighters. Um, people who can go up close, take the blows, and also, you know, do it really closely. Whereas you guys are... It, it seems so far that we'll we'll have to... Do some cool like finesse and, and using your brains also to get through it and not just like charging in. We but can, yeah, I can roll druids are druid. druids. Druids can go many many different ways. But I'm also loving yeah. like how we have one guy. I'm the who's, urban though. Yes, I'm the, the urban, urban druid. We can't forget that. Chilling. You I'm in the city. Forget. It's all right. We'll all Making we'll all downtown. die episode two because we're all just like God. I haven't made a new character in such a long time. My HP is seven, and that just seems like one hit, and I'll, like I'll be dead. One hit wonder. My character <laughs> is <laughs> super weak. You're but so man, huge. He can make a Your good character's cup of tea. huge and menacing looking. Ooh. I know. Uh, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that's going to look like because that the makeup of a party, um, you know, with especially with their classes, can really morph how encounters or fights are going to look like, and also just how you guys will solve problems. So we, yeah, we have a sorcerer we have a druid and we have a rogue and we'll see how that goes um it's a good bunch yeah is there anything that you would want to share or um discuss uh for the audience to know it could be something about your expectations or your hopes for this podcast or it could be something with regards to literature since this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that blends uh, storytelling and uh, the specific classic literature that often is taught in school. Um, and I'm doing that from a English teacher perspective. Is there anything you want to talk about in that realm as well? I didn't read a single book in school. I was such a bad. I was such a bad student. <laughs> so if there's like <laughs> not the a big single plot wait, would you even that, like, like try? everyone knows? Would you even like oh, try you know, to to read like the spark notes and pretend you got it or Yeah, I guess like I would we would be reading like I don't know the Black Cauldron or something like that and be like, "Oh shoot, I have to take a test on this. I better read the spark notes." So I would like quickly, I mean, I would Google. This was like web 1.0. So I'm I'm just like trying to find the spark notes really quick. Now I think there's like Blink and like 800 other like mm-hmm. digest apps that you can use, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Spark Notes. I read Spark Notes, and sometimes I just would BS like the tests. So yeah, I guess like if there are big like plot points uh, that like everyone's gonna know about, like I'm definitely gonna walk into that hole. Like, oh no, there's a big <laughs> hole that was there in the book for like, the last eighty years, and I will definitely step into it. Do you mean like Doctor Jekyll hole. and Mister Hyde are, are the same guy? What? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. See, <laughs> plot twist. Oh gosh! This is right. Fight Club. Good to know. <laughs> I'll I'll say to, to jump in. I I feel like to to hear a little bit about the intention like of the podcast because there's a lot of like D and D podcasts out there, and I feel like when Kate and I wanted to like start something, we wanted to do something that kind of married our passions and things that we were enthusiastic about. And one of them was obviously D and D and finding an excuse to hang out with our friends and play games and and D and D is so much fun. But I feel like we also have this passion, obviously, as Kate, as an English teacher and me as a, well, trying to be writer and someone who just who loves classic literature, even though I was like Aaron in high school and didn't, you know, when you're when you're forced to read a book, like nothing's worse kind of like to being forced to read a book. But when you get to choose what you read and 
and you find it later. Like I found so many cl- more classic books that we I skipped over in high school and went back to and 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 read because on my own time because it was fun. So I think that the the intention of, of this is if you have read the classic book or if you haven't, it's just a, a new way of playing D and D in these different worlds that people. Uh, might love and already know from books or might not know and might then be interested to then go check out that book later and try something new that they haven't before or read a, read a classic book. Um, I think we're just, Kate and I are just big proponents on reading and the importance of that. And I, I just hope that kind of it stirs that up maybe in people who are all who, who are coming here because they're book lovers or maybe out of this they'll become book lovers as like as literature is like a Trojan horse that's kind of like put into this D&D podcast and will surprise people to uh, to like these to like these classic uh, novels that I hope people will check out and enjoy. The teacher in me is totally hoping that one of the stories that we feature on here will sound so interesting to someone that they actually go to a library or go online and buy it for themselves and actually read it. But we'll see. And I do say that I'm doing it first and foremost, like looking at the lens of a lot of classic literature that is featured in high schools. Um, and a lot of it's going to be older because I'm needing to pull from stories that are old enough to have open licensing for me to work with. Public domain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's in public domain. But I do know that the curriculum of uh, American high school literature is very skewed. And so I'm also hoping to find other things that are old enough um, that feature uh, writers of color, female writers, um, genres that aren't usually featured as well, um, or just little known works by maybe some famous authors that people, you know, everybody is very familiar. A, A really basic example, everybody's really familiar and knows like usually in ninth grade, you read Romeo and Juliet by uh, William Shakespeare, but he did many other things. And he also had contemporaries um, that aren't as well known who wrote at the same time, uh, who had just as interesting and fascinating plays to look at as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be mixing in the, oh yeah, that's the novel I never read in class. Because honestly, Arid, Adam, you are not alone. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can tell. I, I, a majority of yes. students don't. There are dozens of um, us. Dozens. Yes. Dozens. Right? <laughs> uh, but then I want to weave in some stuff that's not well known and go from there. Uh, so, yeah. thanks so much for listening to the prologue for of mice and men and monsters please subscribe to the podcast and then when you're ready go listen to chapter one the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish I'm Carlotta Botox, actress, thinktress, and influenceress, and I'm spilling all the tea on Hollywood. Name? Carlotta Botox. B-O-T-O-X. Spell the first name. It's actually Botox. B-E-A-U-T-O-X. Of course it is. First name? Botox is actually my last name. My first name... Okay there, who's on first? I know it's your last name. Now I want you to spell your first name. Oh. Carlotta. It's C-A-R, as in the automobile. 
L-O-T-T-A, like lot of talent. Uh, wow. Just wow. There's also an umlaut. The f- the umlaut? It's two dots and it goes over okay, the- Okay, Carlotta, two dots. Just take a seat over there, we'll call you when we're ready. Meanwhile, we'll gird our loins. Check out the Carlotta Botox Chronicles, available now on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher.